Hi, I'm Dave Bush on KZ1O, and this is 99hobbies.com. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of 99hobbies.com. I just got back from a trip to Florida, and a big part of the trip was goofing off and playing ham radio. I went to two ham fests. One was in Richmond, Virginia, and one was in Orlando, Florida. And I talked to a lot of people that were manning booths and doing other various things at these ham fests. One of the things I tried to do was find some interesting and unusual things that people were doing. The uh, readership and listenership for 99 Hobbies is people that are trying to find something new to do with a hobby. And I think I found a few things that uh, might be kind of unexpected. I broke this into two parts. The first one is my visit to Richmond, and the second one is Orlando. This podcast is the visit to Richmond, Virginia in February 2009. Uh, today I'm with Sheila, K4WNW, from the uh, Dominion DX Group. Hi, Sheila. How are you, Dave? Nice to meet you. I'm good. I'm having a good time here at the Hamfest. Um, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about your organization. All right, great. First of all, of course, the name is the Dominion DX Group, and we are very, we're a small club. We only have about 14 or 15 members. We have members that are extra hams. We have members that are just getting into ham radio, so therefore we do enjoy doing some Elmering. We also like to get involved in community service. We have done some Skywarn classes, and we've also done the Young Eagles, which I don't know if you know what Young Eagles are, but they're like a Boy Scout, Boy Scout group, except they're interested in airplanes. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. And the, do they use radio in the, is it uh, RC or the real thing for airplanes? Uh, they, it's real airplanes, but they really the reason that we went to them was to introduce them to ham radio oh. and just explain how ham radio works. Okay. So also we like to uh, DX. We take part in contests. We're not a contest club, but we like to do a few contests a year. We do all ARRL contests, or okay. the ones that we do are ARRL-based. We also uh, like to do some miniature de-expeditions, and one in particular that we do is we go we do the IOTA contest oh. on Tangier Island every two years. Now, where's Tangier Island? Tangier Island is an island in the Chesapeake Bay. Okay. And the only way you can qualify for that is you cannot be able to drive there. You have to be able to take a boat or fly. Okay. So we, as a group, we go over and we stay at a bed and breakfast. We usually have enough people that we take up the whole place. We carry our radios with us, our antennas, and we set up shop and we try to make contacts in the Islands on the Air contest, which Islands on the Air contest is originated from Great Britain. So we did that, um, let's see, last year and we came in, I believe it was third in North America. Wow, that's amazing. That's great. So we had a lot of fun. And how many people in the club usually go to the to that particular event? Well, actually, let's see. Last year, we all went, with the exception of one member who chose to go to Disney World instead. <laughs> what can I say? Ham radio or Disney World? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one. Right. And uh, in 2007, we were partners with the uh, Jamestown for the America's 400th birthday. Okay. Yeah. We were the official statewide partner there. Mm-hmm. And we made... Let's see, 1,600, and I think it was seven or eight CUSOs, which, of course, as you know, the 400th anniversary was 1607 to 2007. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So that, and it wasn't planned that way. It just oh, sort of sure, happened. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so we have a lot of fun. Well, now, um, a lot of our listeners um, have their ham license, and they haven't really been active lately. What would you tell people like that that want to get back into the hobby? What, what would you suggest that they, uh, they might want to try? 
I would suggest that they get, first of all, that they try to get in with a club mm-hmm. like the one that we have that um, is active in doing different things. Um, I would suggest they get into a small contest, just mm-hmm. um, trying to think. I'm just saying a lot of ums here all of a sudden. <laughs> um, losing. Just do it. Just get on the air and try it and don't be shy. I think the idea of getting with a club is a good idea because you're, you're going to find other people who might even have a hobby like yours besides radio, whether it's gardening or race cars or, or airplanes. Um, exactly. And I suppose QST Magazine is a good place to look. What would be another place to find a, a local club? You can actually go to the ARL's website and ask for where the local clubs are. Okay. And they will let you know. Um, I got introduced into ham because my husband was a ham radio operator since 1977, and I've only been doing it now for five years. Oh, you having fun? I love it, and I especially enjoy the uh, digital. I enjoy Riddy. I was going to ask you what's your favorite part. That was my next question. <laughs> my favorite is Riddy because I tend to, if I get on the phone a lot, I lose my voice. Oh, yeah. Where with the Riddy, it's just so far superior. You lose your fingertips? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let your fingers do the talking, right? That's right. And he, my husband's very active in uh, digital, and he's introduced me to another one recently called, <clears throat> excuse me, Olivia. Oh, yeah. Which is much slower, so maybe somebody just getting into digital, that would be a good mode for them. I think there was an article about that in one of the magazines yeah, recently. Yeah, QRZ recently. Yeah, yeah it's very good. All right, well, uh, thanks for your time, Sheila. Thank you, Dave. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, talk to you again next time I'm through Richmond. Uh, we'll be here. 73 to you. I'm with uh, Dwight McAfee, KF4DUE, with K9 Alert. Hi, Dwight. How you doing? I wonder if you could uh, tell me a little bit about your organization. Uh, we're a volunteer organization, uh, have an MOU with the state of Virginia, perform search and rescue services uh, in the entire state of Virginia and also West Virginia and North Carolina at times. Uh, look for missing uh, mostly Alzheimer's or children, although we work uh, some disaster work and water recovery also. And uh, tell me how you use ham radio as, as part of this organization. Uh, first, we use it just for communication and route to searches. Just a few of us had it. Uh, we decided uh, many years ago that it was such a uh, reliable source of communication, uh, much more versatile than the public safety bands, that we made a requirement that every handler had to have their license before they became operational with the group. Oh, that's great. I, uh, you said that everybody here is licensed. I see uh, four of you here that don't have their license. Can you tell me about them? <laughs> Uh, we haven't been able to get them to pass their test yet. Uh, uh, Is that because they don't have thumbs? <laughs> Could be. Uh, they're a little, little rough on the multiple guest questions, but uh, <laughs> if they would, they could, I'm sure. So who do we have here? Uh, this is Buddy, uh, Brianna, uh, Kate, and this is a new one. I'm, I'm not sure the name yet. <laughs> Dave, what's the name of your... The name of the dog? Yeah. Rika. Rika. That's Rika. Right. Rika. She's that new. No one knows her. Yes. And uh, what... What breeds of dog are, are best for this type of thing? Uh, there's no real best breed. Uh, there are a working class type of dog. Uh-huh. They all have to be uh, about 50 pounds or less. Uh, you have to be able to pick the dog up and carry it if necessary, lift over a fence, uh, carry if it's injured. Uh, we have shepherds, labs, uh, black coat retriever, border collies, uh, German shepherds, long-haired shepherds. So any breed that can go... Eight ten hours a day, walking, trotting, running through the woods, looking for people. Okay. Well, they look they look very intelligent, and they look uh, very happy. 
Oh, yes, they, they love to do this. Uh, it's definitely nothing that we force them to do. When they see the, the vest come out or they see us putting on our uniform, they run for the car. They just oh, that's absolutely great. love to do it. Well, thanks, Dwight. Thanks for talking with me in uh, okay. 73. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm talking with Terry Aber, KG4 GLS, with the uh, Virginia Department of Emergency Management and ARCA. Uh, Terry, tell me a little bit about the group. Okay, well, ARCA is the uh, communications auxiliary. We call it the Amateur Radio Communications Auxiliary. The main function of ARCA is to support the emergency uh, amateur operations within the Virginia State EOC, uh, located in the south side of the Virginia State Police Headquarters. Uh, ARCA was formed in 2007, October. We started with about four uh, permanent members. Uh, to date, we have over 30 now. Main function is to support and operate the race station located at the state EOC. Uh, we also try to promote amateur radio throughout the community uh, and support the localities in establishing amateur radio communications within their own separate EOCs. So it's been a been a been a challenge over the last couple of years. Uh, we started about well, essentially about a year and a half ago with this endeavor, and it's grown to the point where we can are self-sustaining at the EOC with the numbers we have and are able to go out in the field and help support other jurisdictions. So it's a challenging job, but it's interesting, and we are main, main thrust now is promoting emergency communications amongst the amateur uh, community. So we've established solid relationships with a lot of different groups around the state, and it looks like the interest in amateur radio is growing, and the more the better. So you have uh, volunteers that that uh, support these organizations. What what kind of uh, work does it entail? Uh, okay. Well, essentially, uh, the group we have, ARCA, is comprised of individual amateur radio operators who belong to a number of different groups uh, within Central Virginia. Uh, we pull people from Virginia Aries, from different radio clubs in, in, in Richmond area, which is the Rats Club, and also the Richmond Amateur Radio Club. Uh, a lot of these folks also volunteer in other endeavors and with amateur radio throughout the community. Several are active members with American Red Cross, Richmond Chapter, <coughs> and they're also uh, active with their local jurisdictions uh, as ARIES members also. So we have a, a really talented group of guys who are technically expertise in different fields and rely upon them to increase the, our capabilities at the Studio C in an operational standpoint. And we're also branch out and go out into the communities and help jurisdictions establish amateur radio operations within their EOCs also. Uh, a lot of times uh, when these podcasts go out, um, I get requests from not only people that would like to get involved in an organization, but also other organizations that w- might like to copy uh, the format that you have since it's successful. Could you tell me uh, your webpage location and how people could contact you if they want to? Oh, sure, no problem. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, virginiaemergency.com, and uh, we're developing a new webpage and, uh, uh, you know, for amateur radio and races there. Or you can contact me directly at uh, terry.hebert, H-E-B-E-R-T, at Virginia, spelt out, uh, excuse me, uh, at vitam.virginia, spelt out, dot com. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes so people can just uh, click on it. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, good luck. Thank you, Okay, I'm with Tom Robinson with the Zuni Maritime Foundation. Hi, Tom. Hey. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about your organization. The Zuni Maritime Foundation was started in an effort to save a very famous ship, 
the USS Zuni is the last surviving warship out of 800 that actively participated in the battle for Iwo Jima. And she won four battle stars there, saved hundreds if not thousands of lives, saved several ships that had been torpedoed and their crew members. And after the war, she was transferred to the Coast Guard and renamed the Coast Guard Cutter Tamaroa. Uh, during her Coast Guard career, 48 years, which was the only the oldest ship in the Coast Guard, uh, she was the first on the scene at the sinking of the Andrea Doria cruise ship, uh, uh, intercepting Russian radio trawlers during the Cold War, uh, largest drug bust in Coast Guard history, uh, a lot of famous rescues, but the rescue that uh, immortalized her happened Halloween night, 1991, uh, when two major storms and hurricanes collided. Um, and she had to go out on a rescue, uh, which became known as the Perfect Storm. And oh, so this uh-huh. is the hero of the Perfect Storm that they made the movie about, wrote the book about. Uh, and she was decommissioned in 1994. Uh, we acquired her, and we've been working on her. Uh, we brought her down from Baltimore. She's now at uh, Naval Amphibious Base at Little Creek in Virginia Beach. And, uh, and we have a request from the City Council of Richmond to bring her to Richmond as a permanent home port. Uh, which we're looking at doing now. Uh, once she gets through her dry docking and gets her uh, new paint job and her guns put back on and uh, looks like a warship again, she will be an official training ship for Navy and Marine Junior ROTC cadets. Sea uh, Scouts, uh, the Marine Corps League Young Marine Program, the Navy League Sea Cadet Program. So uh, she'll be quite an active ship. And what our effort here at, at, the, at the meet at the Frostfest uh, is to attract some members who would like to help us uh, scavenge some radio equipment from the old Ghost Fleet. Uh, we have access to that. Uh, or if they've got some uh, World War II boat anchors, uh, we'd like to get her radio room operational again with uh, authentic equipment and uh, then supplement it with some modern equipment, and we will have a, a firmly established Mars radio network, ha- amateur operations on board, and the uh, radio operators will have access to the ship. They spend the night on board. They have contests. Um, they'll be able to go out to sea with us. Uh, we'll go up and down the East Coast on training missions. Uh, we'll be pulling into ports and talking about the amateur radio, and, and uh, it's, it'll be a way to attract thousands of, uh, of young men and women that will be on board the ship training and letting them know what uh, amateur radio is all about because uh, nowadays the kids are into MP3 players and, and cell phones and text messaging and all this, but they don't know how to talk to people. Uh, they've got to be antisocial. <laughs> uh, they have earplugs in their ears all the time, and this way it'll let them see that people really can talk to each other around the world and hopefully it'll open some eyes and get them interested in this uh, for a future hobby or uh, to assist in emergency situations. Uh, so we hope it's a two-way street. We appreciate being here to get some members because uh, some of them uh, may not be as interested in radio operations as they are in, in computerization that we're working on, electronics or fixing broken pipes or, or engine work. We, we've met the engine mechanics here today and uh, computer operators. We're, we're working now on a sound and light show when she comes to Richmond uh, we will hide strobe lights flash bang grenades uh, smoke machines <laughs> uh, stereo surround sound and all this on board and we'll have hundreds of people hopefully come in every night and they will sit on the, the rear deck uh, looking towards the superstructure and we'll have narration going on and patriotic music and then it'll be a sunset uh, production and then we will start recreating the battle of the uh, battles of the South Pacific, the various battles, and recreate the Battle of Iwo Jima with the anti-aircraft fire going off and all the strobe lights and the kamikaze planes coming down and bombs going off. 
and and go from World War II through all the rescues and then uh, culminating oh. in the perfect storm with the sound and fury of the waves and the wind and the lightning and the thunder and the screams and yells and things like this. Uh, and then at the end of it, uh, people would stand and we would lower the flag on ship to the, to the uh, bugle trains of taps being played hmm. and hope there won't be a dry eye in the house. Uh, so uh, this will be a major tourist attraction, uh, not just for Richmond, but we hope that she'll be going up and down the, the coast and she'll be going pulling into ports. But it's uh, a major function is to be an educational tool for thousands of kids every year. It sounds like a, gr- a great thing. I, I like the idea of, of people knowing what communications is about. And I've seen the same thing with the MP3 players and the earphones and people isolating themselves. This is a good idea. Um, do you have a website that people can go to if they want more information? Yes, our website is Zuni, Z-U-N-I, maritime.org. And if you're from Virginia, you'd say Zuni. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, the ship was named after the Zuni Indians. And uh, I'm sure Zuni, Virginia was too once upon a time. But uh, you always know when someone's from Virginia when they look at it and say Zuni. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yes, look in that website. And we'd love to have uh, folks uh, contact us, uh, become members, come on down and help us. Uh, uh, if you're a former military, come on down, have a cup of coffee, and tell some tall tales, and, and help us do some work around the ship. Spend the night on board. Um, it, it can be a can be a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but uh, it's uh, we've had cases where we've had a World War II vets that have come on with walkers and canes and congestive heart failure, and they can barely walk, and they step foot on deck, and they're 19 years old again, <laughs> and it's like they went into a time machine, and they just feel like they're years and years younger because they, it brings back so many good memories. Oh, uh, not all wartime memories were bad. Uh, so they re- reflect on their youth, and it, it's really been a cathartic experience for a lot of a lot of senior citizens that have come on board to help. And you said if people have some authentic World War II radio equipment, you want them to contact you? Oh, yes. Um, Harry Jager is the director of operations, and he's listed on the website. Uh, we're putting, we have work parties on weekends, and uh, we're trying to get as much of the original-type World War II equipment uh, that would be stamped Navy Bureau of Ships and all, uh, that we can get that uh, radio room operational again. So. Well, great. That's great. Well, uh, thanks, and we'll send people to your site and hope that uh, there's a big interest in that. And thanks so much for your time. Well, thanks a lot for your interest. We enjoyed being here. Well, that's about it from the 2009 Frostfest in Richmond, Virginia. From here, I head south to Orlando, Florida, where it's going to be a lot sunnier and a lot warmer, and another podcast coming up soon. Thanks for joining us here on 99hobbies.com.